Cohabitation. Cohabitation is an arrangement where people who are not married, usually couples, live together. They are often involved in a romantic or sexually intimate relationship on a long-term or permanent basis. Such arrangements have become increasingly common in Western countries since the late 20th century, being led by changing social views, especially regarding marriage, gender roles and religion. More broadly, the term cohabitation can mean any number of people living together. To cohabit, in a broad sense, means to coexist. The origin of the term comes from the mid-16th century from the Latin cohabitare, from co-together plus habitare dwell. Social changes leading to increase. In Europe, the Scandinavian countries have been the first to start this leading trend, although many countries have since followed. Mediterranean Europe has traditionally been very conservative, with religion playing a strong role. Until the mid-1990s, cohabitation levels remained low in this region, but have since increased. During the past decades, in Western countries, there has been an increase in unmarried couples cohabiting. Historically, many Western countries have been influenced by Christian doctrines on sex, which opposes unmarried cohabitation. As social norms have changed, such beliefs have become less widely held by the population and some Christian denominations today view cohabitation as a precursor to marriage. Pope Francis has married a cohabiting couple who had children, while former Archbishop of Canterbury Rowan Williams and the Archbishop of York John Santamo have expressed tolerance of cohabitation. In recent decades high rates of participation of women in the workforce, and the widespread availability of highly effective long-acting reversible contraceptives has led to women making individual choices over their reproduction with decreased reliance on male partners for financial stability. All these changes favored living arrangement alternatives to marriage. In Central and Eastern Europe, during the late 1980s and early 1990s, there were major political changes, such as the fall of communist governments. These societies entered a new era of increased social freedom, less rigid rules, and less authoritarian governments. They interacted with Western Europe and some became members of the European Union. As a result, the patterns of family life have started to change, marriage rates have declined, and marriage was postponed to a later age. Cohabitation and births to unmarried mothers increased, and in some countries the increase was very quick. The deinstitutionalization of marriage refers to the weakening of the social and legal norms that regulate people's behavior in regard to marriage. The rise in cohabitation is part of other major social changes such as, higher divorce rate, older age at first marriage and childbearing, and more births outside marriage. Factors such as secularization, increased participation of women in the labor force, changing in the meaning of marriage, risk reduction, individualism, and changing views on sexuality have been cited as contributing to these social changes. There has also been a change in modern sexual ethics, with a focus on consent, rather than marital status, for example decriminalization of adultery and fornication, criminalization of marital rape, reflecting new concepts about the role and purpose of sexual interaction, and new conceptualizations of female sexuality and of self-determination. There have been objections against the legal and social regulation of female sexuality, with such regulations being often seen as violations of women's rights. In addition, some individuals may feel that marriage is unnecessary or outdated, leading to couples not formalizing their relationship. For instance, in the European Values Study, EVS, of 2008, the percentage of respondents who agreed with the assertion that marriage is an outdated institution was 37.5% in Luxembourg, 35.4% in France, 34.3% in Belgium, 
31.2% in Spain, 30.5% in Austria, 29.2% in Germany, 27.7% in Switzerland, 27.2% in Bulgaria, 27.0% in the Netherlands, 25.0% in Slovenia. The fact that many couples choose to live together without formalizing their relationship is also recognized by the European Union. A 2004 directive forbids EU members from denying entry or residence of partners with whom the Union citizen has a durable relationship, duly attested. Reasons for cohabitation in the United States When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, cohabitation in the United States is often a part of the dating process. In fact, cohabitation is increasingly becoming the first co-residential union formed among young adults. In 1996, more than two-thirds of married couples in the U.S. said that they lived together before getting married. In 1994, there were 3.7 million cohabiting couples in the United States. This is a major increase from a few decades ago. According to Dr. Galena Rhodes, before 1970, living together outside marriage was uncommon, but by the late 1990s at least 50% to 60% of couples lived together premaritally. People may live together for a number of reasons. Cohabitants could live together to save money, because of the convenience of living with another, or a need to find housing. Lower-income individuals facing financial uncertainty may delay or avoid marriage, not only because of the difficulty of paying for a wedding but also because of fear of financial hardship if a marriage were to end in divorce. When given a survey of the reasons why they cohabit, most couples listed reasons such as spending more time together, convenience-based reasons, and testing their relationships, while few gave the reason that they do not believe in marriage. The extremely high costs of housing and tight budgets of today's economy are also factors that can lead a couple to cohabitation. Today 60% of all marriages are preceded by a period of cohabitation. Researchers suggest that couples live together as a way of trying out marriage to test compatibility with their partners, while still having the option of ending the relationship without legal implications. In 1996, more than three-quarters of all cohabitors report plans to marry their partners, which implies that most of them viewed cohabitation as a prelude to marriage. Cohabitation shares many qualities with marriage, often couples who are cohabiting share a residence, personal resources, exclude intimate relations with others and, in more than 10% of cohabiting couples, have children. Many young adults believe cohabitation is a good way to test their relationships prior to marriage. Couples who have plans to marry before moving in together or who are engaged before cohabiting typically marry within two years of living together. The state of cohabitation of a couple often ends either in marriage or in breakup, 
according to a 1996 study about 10% of cohabiting unions remained in this state for more than five years. According to a survey done by the National Center for Health Statistics, over half of marriages from 1990 to 1994 among women began as cohabitation. Cohabitation can be an alternative to marriage in situations where marriage is not possible for financial or family reasons, such as same-sex, interracial or interreligious marriages. Cohabitation, sometimes called de facto marriage, is becoming more commonly known as a substitute for conventional marriage. Common law marriage in the United States can still be contracted in nine U.S. states, and in two others under restriction. This helps provide the surviving partner a legal basis for inheriting the decedent's belongings in the event of the death of their cohabiting partner. In today's cohabiting relationships, 40% of households include children, giving us an idea of how cohabitation could be considered a new normative type of family dynamic. As of 2012, 41% of all births in the U.S. were to unmarried women. In three states, Mississippi minus 55%, Louisiana minus 53%, and New Mexico minus 52%, births outside marriage were in the majority. The lowest percentage of births outside marriage was in Utah at 19%. During the period 2006 to 2010, 58% of births outside marriage were to cohabiting parents. Contemporary Objections to Cohabitation Contemporary objections to cohabiting couples include religious opposition to non-marital unions, social pressure for couples to get married, and potential effects of cohabitation on a child's development. The rise in the number of cohabiting couples and children born out of wedlock in the Western world has made cohabitation a strong focus of sociological research. The rise in cohabiting couples in the United States, from around 450,000 in 1960 to 7.5 million in 2011 has been accompanied by U.S. research performed on child development within cohabiting households. Opponents of cohabitation say non-marital parenting is an unsuitable environment for a child's development. One study from 2002 correlated lower numeracy skills and higher delinquency to children of cohabiting couples, however, recent studies that control for factors including poverty, the educational level of parents and violence in the home show children of cohabiting couples are developmentally similar to peers of comparable married couples. Effect on children In 2001, researchers compared teenage children in the United States living in a cohabiting household, a single mother and her boyfriend who was not related to the teenager, against peers in single-parent households. The results showed white and Hispanic teenagers had lower performance in school, greater risk of suspension or expulsion than peers from single-parent households, and the same rate of behavioral and emotional problems. A study on the 1995 and 2002 National Survey of Family Growth found increases in both the prevalence and duration of unmarried cohabitation. The study found that 40% of children in the United States would live in a cohabiting household by age 12, and children born to single mothers were more likely than those born to married mothers to live in a cohabiting household. The percentage of women ages 19 to 44 who had occur cohabited increased from 45% in 1995 to 54% in 2002. In 2002, 63% of women who graduate from high school were found to spend some time cohabiting, compared to only 45% of women with a four-year college degree. Cohabiting couples who have children often get married. One study found that children born of parents who cohabit are 90% more likely to end up living in households with married parents than children born to single mothers. 67% of unmarried Hispanic mothers are expected to marry, while 40% of African-American mothers are expected to marry. Religious Views 
studies have found that religious affiliation correlates with cohabitation and marriage entry. People frequently cite religious reasons for their opposition to cohabitation. The Roman Catholic Church and nearly all mainstream Protestant denominations around the world oppose cohabitation and consider it to be the sin of fornication. However, others, such as the Anglican Church welcome cohabiting couples in the Church and encourage them to regard cohabitation as a prelude to Christian marriage. Religion can also lead to societal pressures against cohabitation especially within highly religious communities. Some couples may refrain from cohabitation because one or both partners fear disappointing or alienating conservative family members. Young adults who grew up in families that oppose cohabitation have lower rates than their peers. The increase in cohabitation in the United States and other developed nations has been linked to the secularization of those countries. Researchers have noted that changes in the religious demographics of a society have accompanied the rise in cohabitation. Non-marital and same-sex relationships are forbidden by the Islamic law of Zina, and cohabitation is against the law in many Muslim-majority countries including Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Iran, Kuwait, Maldives, Morocco, Oman, Mauritania, United Arab Emirates, Sudan, and Yemen. Effects on marriage and family life? Likelihood of split? Conflicting studies on the effect of cohabitation on subsequent marriage have been published. In countries where the majority of people disapprove of unmarried individuals living together, or a minority of the population cohabits before marriage, marriages resulting from cohabitation are more prone to divorce. But in a study on European countries, around half of the population cohabits before marriage, cohabitation is not selective of divorce-prone individuals, and no difference in couples that have cohabited before and after marriage is observed. In countries such as Italy, the increased risk of marital disruption for people who experience premarital cohabitation can be entirely attributed to the selection of the most divorce-prone into cohabitation. In 2002, the CDC found that for married couples the likelihood percentage of the relationship ending after five years is 20%, for unmarried cohabitants the likelihood percentage is 49%. After 10 years the likelihood percentage for the relationship to end is 33% for married couples and 62% for unmarried cohabitants. One German study found that in regions with high rates of childbirth to cohabitating parents, no negative effect is observed in cohabitation. The study states union stability of cohabiting mothers is positively related to their prevalence. A 2004 study of 136 couples, 272 individuals, from researchers at the University of Denver found differences among couples that cohabitate before engagement, after engagement, or not until marriage. The longitudinal study collected survey data before marriage and 10 months into marriage, with findings suggesting those who cohabit before engagement are at greater risk for poor marital outcomes than those who cohabit only after engagement or at marriage. A follow-up survey by the researchers of over 1,000 married men and women married in the past 10 years found those who moved in with a lover before engagement or marriage reported significantly lower quality marriages and a greater possibility of a separation than other couples. About 20% of those who cohabited before getting engaged had since suggested splitting, compared with only 12% of those who only moved in together after getting engaged and 10% who did not cohabit prior to marriage. The researchers from Denver suggest that relationships with pre-engagement cohabitation may wind up sliding into marriage, whereas those that only cohabit post-engagement or marriage make a more clear decision. 
This could explain their 2006 study of 197 heterosexual couples finding that men who cohabited with their spouse before engagement were less dedicated than men who cohabited only after engagement or not at all before marriage. In some heterosexual couples, women are more likely to understand cohabitation as an intermediary step preceding marriage, and men more likely to perceive it without an explicit connection to marriage. An analysis of data from the CDC's National Survey of Family Growth data from 1988, 1995, and 2002 suggests that the positive relationship between premarital cohabitation and marital instability has weakened for more recent birth and marriage cohorts, as the total number of couples cohabiting before marriage has increased. Later CDC work found that between 2002 and 2006 to 2010, the number of couples in opposite-sex cohabiting relationships increased from 9.0% to 11.2% for women, and from 9.2% to 12.2% for men. Drawing on the 2006-2008 data, Princeton University researchers examined whether and to what extent variation in premarital cohabitation experiences influence marital stability. They found that the relationship between cohabitation and marital instability is complex and depends in part on marriage cohort, race or ethnicity, and marriage plans. Their analyses reveal that a cohabitation effect exists only for women married prior to 1996, and that, until marriage plans are considered, there is no cohabitation effect among women married since 1996. Recent research from 2011 by the Pew Research Center has found that the number of couples that cohabit before marriage has increased. 44% of adults, and more than half of 30- to 49-year-olds, say they have cohabited at some point. Nearly two-thirds of adults who ever cohabited, 64%, say they thought about it as a step toward marriage. The report also notes a trend toward rising public acceptance of cohabiting couples over the years. Most Americans now say the rise in unmarried couples living together either makes no difference to society, 46%, or is good for society, 9%. A 2012 study found that, among cohabiting individuals, those who were engaged prior to cohabitation or had definite plans for marriage were linked to lower risks of marital instability among women, but the relationship was not observed with men. One study on low-to-moderate income couples living with minor children found that respondents who became sexually involved within the first month of their relationship were correlated to lower scores of relationship quality among women. Another study found respondents to a mail-in survey self-reported higher levels of commitment in the cohabiting group, as well as lower relationship satisfaction and more negative communication. A 2018 study found that cohabitation before marriage was linked to a lower risk of divorce during the first year of marriage, but a greater risk of divorce in the long run. However, a report published by the Council on Contemporary Families that same year found that couples who cohabitate before marriage were less likely to divorce than couples who did not.